Hello, everyone, and welcome. My name is Jana Panaritis, and you're listening to the AgeWise podcast, where we give you strategies for aging well and wisely. And how do you do that when on top of struggling to meet the demands of your own life, you're also caring for an aging parent or a spouse, or maybe you're caring for another member of your family? Well, we're here to help. Each week, we'll hear from the experts, professionals in the field of aging, and people like you, unsung heroes rising to the occasion of caring for a loved one and finding unexpected rewards along the way. So stick around for some straight talk on aging in all its unpredictable glory. I'm joined today by Marianne Brunken, a native of Germany and a social worker by trade who's been involved in the Washington, D.C. nonprofit arena for over 17 years, working with communities, nonprofit and government agencies, and volunteers. Since 2012, Marianne has been the executive director of Volunteer Alexandria, whose mission is to build a better community by inspiring and mobilizing people to volunteer. Marion joins us today from Arlington, Virginia. Marion Brunken, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Jenna. I'd like to set the stage by having you tell our listeners a little bit about your background and where you grew up and that sort of thing. Okay. So I grew up in northwestern uh, part of Germany, small town, actually village, I would say. You know, we had three houses uh, on the street and wow. we had a farm just like everybody else there. <laughs> and... Um, I was the first out of five to go to college, and I wanted to be something like a licensed educator. I think that's the translation we used back then, uh-huh. <laughs> some, some form of social worker. And I specialized in working with emotionally disturbed kids and family therapy and things like that. So I grew up kind of poor, but not really poor, because when you get older, you know what's poor and what's not poor, or what's low income here and there. So but we kind of had to share and as a last person born, you wear the clothes from your sisters, the shoes, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. And um, so I think uh, 1996 it was, I actually, or four, I fell in love with a woman. And not only that, she was American. Mm-hmm. That was kind of, uh, kind of interesting. So I won the green card by, I guess, destiny. And this is how I ended up here in the United States. Well, how did you guys meet if she was an American and you were in Germany? Um, I had a German friend who was an au pair here, uh-huh. and then she was studying here, so they became friends, and so um, she came over to Germany, and that's how I met her. I see. Okay. And we spent some time, yeah. Okay. Now, just to go meant back to a second. Yeah, meant to be. So, And you have four siblings? Yeah, I have actually four older sisters, but mm-hmm. uh, we are like five girls in, in seven years. And I do have oh. a half-sister mm-hmm. and a half-brother that I never met. Hmm. So my dad left pretty much. My mom and dad, we would say, will have different interests. <laughs> um <laughs> So <laughs> he left when I was, I would say, in first grade or something like that. And we, huh. we, we closed down the farm when I was five. Uh-huh. So we lived at the farmhouse until I was 24, 25, I think that was, a t- or 26. And then my mom sold the farmhouse because she couldn't manage it by herself. Mm-hmm. So you had the property, yeah. the farm property, and then you had the farmhouse. Yeah. Okay. And so five girls. Yeah. So how much older than you is the oldest? 
Well, we were born in uh, within seven years. In so succession, seven years different. Oh, got it. Yeah. Right, of course. Yeah. So, okay, that's a. That's so not very much older. Not very much older. Okay, and so no. when you came to the U.S., what did you do? Yeah, you you said you won the green card. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, you know, before nine eleven happened, you know, the uh, U.S. is all about diversity, and there was a little ad in my town in the newspaper saying 55 green cards to win. I'm like, because, you know, I fell in love with a woman as an American woman. I was like, oh, let's try it out. And my friend actually tried it out several times and never won. She actually had to come back in 1998. That was a time about I really settled in here. Mm-hmm. So I just filled out some information and they said, oh, you won. I'm like, what? Yeah, you won. Wow. So, so it goes into a lottery process. Yeah, it's a lottery, sorry. It's a lottery system, yeah. So you just go through the process, but it's way, way less. You know, you don't really need an attorney, nothing. It's really, you are kind of pre-approved. Mm-hmm. And then you just have to, sh- you know, you have to fill out the paperwork that kind of education. They do want to know your bank statement. They want to know your health state as well, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And I went for an short interview, what, what, why I'm here, what do I want to do, and that's it. Wow. So you went for the interview yeah. in Germany or here? I actually mm-hmm. did because I was on vacation in America, but uh, at that time I had to go to Frankfurt to do it. So I went back to do oh. the interview in Frankfurt. I see. Okay. And so that allowed you to come to the U.S. and work. Okay. Yes. And so the green card is a permanent residency, which is really great. So I don't um, have a citizenship. I decided not to go for it yet, So, mm-hmm. but it allowed me to work. So mm-hmm. my English was really bad at that time, so I decided to start volunteering because as a social worker, maybe I get my foot in the door. So I start volunteering, not knowing about the concept, really, because Germans at that time were not really familiar with that concept, I would say. Maybe the big cities, but, you know, the areas I grew up, no. Mm-hmm. We just help out. So I, I started volunteering and at Rachel's Women's Center, you know, learning about grits and bacon, and I thought that was the most disgusting thing on earth. (laughs) 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 Or cheese with it. You know, we have something similar Uh called grease, Uh and we just put sugar and milk on it. So (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of funny. And then um, I actually got an internship with Greater DC Cares, which was a DC volunteer center. And they liked how organized I was. Uh-huh. You know, it's something that the Germans have in their blood, apparently. <laughs> and um, and so they hired me as a special events coordinator, and it's my whole career in this country. Mm-hmm. And then you were with Freddie Mac, and now you're with Volunteer Alexandria. You've been with them for, what, three, four years? Yeah, three yeah. years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So Time flies. Time flies. Okay, so how often do you get back to Germany? You know, in the beginning, I was able to go, like, once or twice and so then when I got into this role it was once a year so and because of my mom's health now it has been three times in a within 12 months pretty much yeah Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so let's talk about your mom's health and was she really healthy in the beginning is she less healthy now tell us about sort of the evolution of her health so my mom is I would say you know she's she was ripped out of school when she was 14, hmm. so she never had really uh, a great education. Mm-hmm. And because of that, she was pretty much always a homekeeper. You know, she mm-hmm. was uh, helping out other families, other kids, and then she has um, her own five kids on a farm. And then when my dad left, she had to see what else she can do, so she ended up in a hotel business, bartending, mm-hmm. serving a lot, you know, preparing food. So that's kind of 
her career, I would say. Mm-hmm. So, you know, barely making it, you know, with five kids, big home. Mm-hmm. That's tough. And yeah. she seems, yeah, it is tough. And I think that, you know, even farm life is tough. Oh, sure. You know, um, back in the days where you didn't have a lot of mach- machinery. Right. And, you know, we had acres of vegetable gardens. Her health seemed to be okay until her first knee surgery, I would say. You know, she almost died, actually, because they casted it in and she got an infection. Oh, and God. she was, my mom doesn't really say when she's in pain, but she couldn't bear it anymore. And then they cut open the cast and saw it was infected and she almost really died. Oh, my gosh. And so, how old was she then? Early 60s, she started. Okay. okay. So the knee really was 100%. Mm-hmm. And she got it done again. And then the other knee. And so I think she had in total like four knee surgeries. Oh, my and, gosh. You know, and that took really a toll on her. I mean, she always looked like pale, and mm-hmm. and then um, she has a boyfriend mm-hmm. who's a day older, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they decided, I think five years ago, they went to our old town, in the village, I should say, and we had a lake, and we always swam in the lake or also um, did some ice skating. Uh-huh. They decided, hey, let's do ice skating. Now, oh. I remind you, at that time, they were like 69, 70. Oh, boy. So they go on the ice, but my mom didn't get new ice skates. She used the one from 1950, mm-hmm. the one oh that God. came with the shoe. Yeah. Oh, gosh. And uh, it has an attachment. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And she said, well, they were sharp. You know, well, the shoe left the metal piece and she fell and she oh. broke her shoulder. So she oh. had another surgery because she had to have plates in her shoulder and here and there. So, mm-hmm. But the boyfriend was fine. <laughs> the boyfriend was fine. He had good shoes, you know. So, but I'm like, you know, at a certain age, you don't take those risks anymore because of those bones. So that's when we learned she also has a little bit osteoporosis and takes some pills for that. Mm-hmm. But I, we, we weren't really concerned about that because uh, it heals fine and, you know, it's, everything is okay. But the biggest concern were really the knees. And, you know, so she has five, six surgeries with everything together and she, she doesn't look better. And um, she's not a person who takes time to listen, to sit down, look you in the eye like my aunt does, who's 90, mm-hmm. you know, and you have a real conversation with her. You tell a story and she doesn't remember the story because she doesn't really listen. Mm-hmm. Has she always you know? been like that? Yeah, she has. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're used to like, okay, well, that's mom. Okay kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah so when did you start noticing her cognitive decline yeah i mean so we grew up kind of thinking yeah, that's mom i have to say and, and my sisters you know and um it's actually quite interesting the dynamic with our sisters because you know there's always competition mm-hmm. i mean we weren't cl- close even we were close in age mm-hmm. i guess the way that we grew up everything was the competition hmm. boys schools, who was first married, who was the first child. Now, thank God I'm a lesbian. I wasn't in it, really. Mm-hmm. But the other girls always like, you know, the oldest needs to be first married. And so we were used to growing up kind of not mom really hearing our concerns, our pain. I'm sure she, she got some of it, but she just couldn't handle it. Mm-hmm. But that's not what we knew when we grew up. And we, you know, all of my sisters live within an hour, hour and a half, which they think is far away. But mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, okay, I think I'm far away. <laughs> I can't just go for tea, but you all can. <laughs> so I got to Germany, I think it was last year, July, 
August, and uh, I noticed my mom was, I would say, normal, yeah, forgetful, but she's 75, 6, so she can forget some stuff. So I went back. No, hold on. That was November. Sorry. That was November. And okay. I was, you know, it's like, okay, that's mom, you know, and yeah, my knee's not great and here and there and, you know, but it was normal. When I went back in July, August, I was like, wow, this is not normal. I mean, it was like a change in, be- in behavior and her memory lo- loss. And we made this kind of fun out of it because mom was basically only looking for stuff because she couldn't remember where things are. Mm-hmm. Now, my mom is also pretty organized, and I know where the buttons are. I know where to find the scissors, the thread, you know, and I know where her insurance card is and her wallet. So she lost her wallet. I'm like, okay, mom, isn't it always behind the plates in the kitchen? Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, but it wasn't there. So she looks and she looks and she looks and she can't find it. I don't know where she found it. Eventually, I was already gone. <laughs> you know, she lost her insurance card and she lost her driver's license. Hmm. And then she got the driver's license mixed up with the registration. And she goes wild. You know, she goes to the place where we got the car fixed. Do you have my license? And oh. no, we don't. Then she goes in the car. She always has her registration behind the mirror. Mm-hmm. So she comes proudly when I come back. She says, Mirror, I found it. I found it. And she puts it on the stairs. And I said, why is it on the stairs? Oh, here's my license. I said, no, mom, that's your registration. And she looks at me registration, you know, and totally confused about what is her registration, what is her license, and the license still has not been found. Oh. And it was always in her wallet. Oh my it was gosh. everything to get. You know, mm-hmm. so it's just really weird. And I said, sisters, this is not normal. Mm-hmm. And my sisters, oh, yeah, she likes the attention, Marion. You are here now. And you know, Mom, you know, she wants you to take care of her because you are there now. I'm like, you know, I'm really sorry, but no, this is, I know you're right. Mom wants attention, but this is not it. Mm -hmm. I mean, she doesn't like to lose some stuff and this is not really the behavior that I'm used to. And I know what she means when she says she wants attention. Mm -hmm. So I started taping my mom. Taping her? Yeah, I taped her with my phone. Okay. And Hmm. I send it to my sisters. Oh, what an interesting idea. Oh my God. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, you know, it's like if I tell them they don't believe me, they have to see it. And I understand that they don't see it because they interact with mom mm-hmm. all the time. Nothing mm-hmm. has changed for them because this is how mom is. Mm-hmm. And mom doesn't share everything. So mom doesn't share, oh, yeah, I don't know where my license is. No, this is just something you discover, you know, and that's, I think this is where the first, you know, that's also alarming because otherwise you say, you know what, I can't find my license, you know. Like healthy people would say. Right. She right. just like didn't know it was gone. And when they ask for it, she noticed it's gone. And then she looks mm-hmm. and she can't find it. Then she forgets what she was looking for and mm. moves on to something else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I try to like make fun of it in a good way so mom doesn't feel bad. So I actually decided when I was there, hey, let's go to a doctor to a different one, not the one you've seen for 40 years, because I think sometimes it's good to have a fresh pair of eyes on it. Mm-hmm. And she made some tests in here and there, and it's clear, you know, she, that, yeah, she probably has dementia, and we need to get her checked out. So mm-hmm. she actually has a date tomorrow to oh. get checked out, you yeah, know, neurologist to see. Uh-huh. But, you but you know, one thing I knew from, from other friends and what I know about dementia or Alzheimer, you know, you do this, 
little test about the words and you do the test about the clock. Right. I had her proudly, you know, like draw a clock with 12 numbers. Uh-huh. And she was so proud when she finished it up with 10 numbers. She didn't say anything, but right. she's like, oh, I can do that, you know, and she's on, and the two goes here and the 10 goes on top and that's the end of it, you know. Wow. She still doesn't know, well, this is not, it has 12 numbers, but it was um, clear, yeah, that's, wow. uh, that's the case. So who's, yeah, go- who's so, going with her to that appointment tomorrow? Uh, actually, her boyfriend does, but when I was in Germany I, and the sisters kind of said, yes, this is kind of a dance, you know, this is different, you know, one situation was she didn't know how to get home and she did a wrong turn or she was totally insecure about driving and just, you know mom loves driving she's not insecure driving but she totally was not herself hmm. so I kind of talked to the doctor so that my two sisters have the right to call because they have the, the medical what is it called the power of attorney mm-hmm. so because you know they have lives they have kids and they can't just drop everything and so at least they can call and get the real facts because otherwise they wouldn't get it mm-hmm. so my my mom's boyfriend goes with my mom so she's not alone mm-hmm. and my sister already talked to the doctor beforehand and she's going to talk to him afterwards as well mm-hmm. to talk about next step and she involves the boyfriend she involves the boyfriend well that's great that yeah. she she has him and he's supportive right yes yeah, right. you know, it's really funny, Jenna. My sister says, her name is Giza, mm-hmm. and she says, oh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask Johnny straight out what's going on here and how much support he can give or not. <laughs> I understand if he doesn't because, you know, his mom had dementia, and, you know, so we don't expect it, but I'm going to ask so I know. <laughs> she did, <laughs> and he's really kind and sweet and all of it, and, you know, so he's really supportive. I mean, we are so lucky to have him. And what is his mental really state? Nice. Oh, he's he's good. He's he good. Just has a, I would say the age appropriate, you know, not knowing everything, <laughs> you know. So okay. that makes it actually really good because uh-huh. they're nice to each other. Uh-huh. That's nice. So how often do you talk with your mom now? I try to call her several times a week, really. I tried this morning, and then I just, uh, she wasn't there picking up. Well, she wasn't picking up. So I texted my sister saying, hey, just want to See if mom is, you know, at your house because it's the second advent and St. Nicholas Day today in Germany. Oh, St. Nicholas Day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I thought maybe she's there. You know, it's coffee time. And uh-huh. my sister said, no, uh, they're actually gone with the uh, swim group, coffee, dinner. So she's not home. I said, okay, great. So, but I try to call more often, really. Uh huh. So your mom lives alone? She does. She still lives alone. So when she sold her house, her big farmhouse, I wasn't really involved in that at that time. I wish I would have. Mm-hmm. She bought a, f- a single family home mm-hmm. and it's really huge. I mean, it has a whole second floor and a huge attic and it has big front yard, big backyard to maintain. Mm. So, but she lives alone and her boyfriend lives pretty much two, three streets over and he comes every morning now uh-huh. because uh, unfortunately my mom and see, and this is what we didn't know. She overdosed herself pretty much with pills, the painkillers, you know, the medication. Yeah, we didn't know that. I mean, I laughed because, you know, she has this little Tupperware container with all these pills. But she knows, you know, every time when I come, she says, well, this is for this and this is for that. But okay, I never questioned it really. You know, and that's the thing. It's like we really need to be involved sooner, making sure we understand each pill and to, to learn about when is the time to really say, no, mom, you don't need this anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we just think she has it together. She knows what she's taking. She's taking it. 
Well, apparently she she overdosed herself with all these things, and now her kidneys are not functioning as great. So now we we changed it all, and uh, she has a Monday through Sunday, and um, her boyfriend comes over mornings to do the blood pressure taking, and, uh-huh. and every night as well. Uh-huh. So now it's settled, but we we should have done it earlier. So he's her primary so, caregiver, right? Yeah, pretty much. But with my sister really involved. Giza. I mean, really involved Giza, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. mean, it's uh, when I talked to her and got some examples that made me decide to go for Christmas again to really be with my mom and, and see, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, she puts on a mask. Well, see, can she even put on a mask? I don't know. So, it's uh, yeah, he's pretty much the primary caregiver. And, and Giza and I think Johnny talk pretty much all the time because, you know, Giza knew, for example, where they were today, uh-huh. you know. So that's uh-huh. really good. And she's aware that if, if she needs to nurse my mom every morning and at evening to take the pills, she already got that covered, it seems, because, you know, her insurance covers it. And so she's ready to go for the next step as well. Well, oh. you know, it's kind of nice to know that she's actually, I think it was helpful to be there and somebody else says, mom is really not herself anymore. Right. Because I'm glad I could play that role, really. Mm-hmm. And because you're not, you're not there as often as your sisters are, you can really be ob- objective and you can see the changes. Yes. You can really see the changes. Exactly. They're too close to it, I think. Yes. And they were too close to it. But I think that my sister now, her eyes were opened. Her eyes were opened and... Now she even talks to other people and asks the question. Oh, that's and good. And they say, oh, yeah, we notice it. You know, she totally forgets stuff within a conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, so other people notice it as well. Mm-hmm. You know, but now she's aware of it, my sister, and she can ask and say, well, it seems like mom really has dementia or Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. And hopefully tomorrow we have a better answer. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think it was now she's more alert, my sister, and doesn't really just say, yeah, that's mom. You know, you make a really interesting point about people noticing and do they say, so they tell your sister that they've noticed. They, they've, they... Only because they ask. She asked my sister. Oh, only because she asked. Right. Because this you know, is a real thing. Nobody says anything. Right. So what's with that? I mean, I know that my mom, you know, my mom has cognitive impairment. She has dementia and she's still got a lot of her faculties. She's pretty with it. But it's so interesting to me that nobody around her who knew her when she was a lot sharper had ever said uh, is your mom okay and um, nobody talks about it i think that's true but you know she's 76 so we say yeah she's old right you know, it's a memory yeah i'm so you know like like yep another one who got it who has it uh-huh. but never really picks up the phone or says hey you know I know your mom, and, you know, have you noticed this, or what's going on there? Uh-huh. What do you think that is? Should she really be driving? Be- because nobody knows what to do, and it's like, oh, when you're old, you get cancer or Alzheimer. It's like, except that nobody is concerned about it. You know, nobody wants to budge in. Uh-huh. It's... Otherwise, I don't know. I mean... How long do you think she can continue to live in that house on her own? So, several years ago... I think it was now five, six years ago. My mom kind of drove us all crazy with her. You know, she was uh, putting names behind furniture and pictures. You know, this is for Haida. This is for Marion. And do you want this? So we sat down and we talked about what's going on with mom. You know, we asked mom. Mom wants to stay in the house as long as she can. Mm-hmm. And she loves being outside. And, you know, she loves gardening, even if she's 
plugging each weed, that's good. If it, that's not dangerous necessarily, you know. Mm -hmm. So we kind of respect the point that she wants to stay at home. So mm -hmm. the house is um, hers. So if we need to, we can uh, put a line of credit on it mm -hmm. and help her to stay in the house as long as she can. I do believe it's pretty much soon time that she gets somebody, a professional, to check on on her. You know, we're trying to get my mom the pe the button to ask for help, but she's like, oh, I'm too young for that. Oh, the alert button, like a medic alert button? The alert button, mm -hmm. exactly. And, you know, you can get it for free where we are, mm -hmm. um, but she's like, I'm too young for it. I don't need it. She doesn't, you know, now, I don't know how it is with patients that have dementia or Alzheimer. Do they actually know what to do with this button? Mm -hmm. You know, I would say at this point, it might be really pointless. Mm -hmm. I think it's more important that people are coming twice a day to check up on her. Mm -hmm. And I think that we need to come up with, like, who calls when? Mm -hmm. And maybe involve every sister and say, you got Monday, I got Tuesday. You know, we have five sisters, five days. <laughs> Right. right, right. How do you think your mom feels about her health? How does she feel about it? Does she talk about that's, it? That's a good question because, um, so as I said, my mom battles with I'm not old, yeah. you know, and she mm -hmm. talks about how people say, oh, you look so good, Ola. Uh, how old are you now? And she says, you know, 76. And she's so proud that she doesn't look like 76 and that she gets these compliments. So that's a huge problem. Because she doesn't notice or she doesn't want to acknowledge that, you know, you will never be running or walking as fast or bow because of your knees, for example. That's just how it is. Nothing to do with age, you know, but you can't. And I remember when I was there in July, August, sometimes she got really mad that she couldn't find her stuff. So she gets mad at it. And I have heard from my sister or from Johnny that she gets mad and not nice, <laughs> unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But so she doesn't like it and she does notice it. And then, you know, I try to make light of it. Oh, mom, it's okay. You know, what's the worst? We just look all day. But mm -hmm. she doesn't like it. And she doesn't like that other people point it out. So when we went to the doctor, actually, and the person that doesn't know my mom, afterwards I talked to her alone and she said, you know, it seems that your mom, she's doing something wrong. And that is not a good thing. So and I'm like, well, that's a really good point because that's what I see too at home. So maybe that's something that we need to learn is how do we deliver the messages that she doesn't feel wrong. It's not her fault. Mm -hmm. You know, I would say 20 years ago when you didn't take the time to listen, that's a different story. <laughs> but now it's really not her fault that she doesn't remember what I just told her. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I was sitting there telling her five times that no... Tomorrow is the 23rd. Today is Tuesday. No, they're not coming today, Mom. They're coming tomorrow. You know, it's like you repeat it seven mm -hmm. times within mm -hmm. 10 hours, five hours. But now it's not her fault. Do you find yourself having that, to be really patient? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's, um, it's funny. And I do see the change because, um, let's say, two years ago, I mean, it doesn't take much to you know i'm just like, mom can you just listen now mm -hmm. but now i'm like no because now i realize it's really not her fault anymore and now i'm just sad about it mm -hmm. it's just sad to see it before mm -hmm. she gave me reason to be angry because that's how she is and mm -hmm. now it's really yeah what an interesting contrast though totally yeah it is a different contrast because now it's really worse it's not just listening it's really you can tell she's you know she's in you can see this I hate to say it now because, uh, you know, it's 
like her face is like her eyes are just you can tell she's not at peace or she's not calm it's like you know it, it seems like the brain works non-stop you know I don't know but it's just different looking at her mm-hmm. so it sounds like you're sort of taking it one step at a time with her you want to keep her in the house as long as she can be there yeah she's got mobility issues though with the knees right does she have stairs to climb you know, are you concerned about that um you know her knees are you know she's not 50 anymore or 60 well I can't even say that the thing is her knees you know, when you have um, when you have surgery and doesn't heal 100% or the surgery went wrong, you just cope with it, right? It is what it is. Mm-hmm. So she can walk fine. Can she walk as fast as she wanted to? So people look, oh, look, this you know older lady can walk so fast. No, she can't. I mean, I'm concerned daily because she could just fall anyways because she doesn't focus or, you know, she trips. Mm-hmm. But I think more likely I'm more concerned if she takes her car out. Mm-hmm. You know, when, um, yeah, it was between November and when I came back in July that she, my mom is very particular with her car. Very. It's, you know, that car doesn't look like 20 years old, by the way. It looks like it's maybe seven years old. Mm-hmm. That's how she takes care of this car. Mm-hmm. So when she drove in the garage to park it, she parks it in the garage, she actually hit the wall. And that's not my mom. She hit the wall. She didn't talk about it. She denied it kind of thing, and she gets it fixed. So I'm more concerned she takes the car and she forgets where she needs to go. And then that panic, she doesn't see the bicyclist mm-hmm. or she doesn't see the woman crossing the street. You know, that is my concern when I was driving with her this year in July, August, that mm-hmm. I saw like, yeah, she's insecure behind the wheel. And it doesn't matter the reasons why, if I sit next to it or, or it is a disease or what, whatever the reason, the fact is she's insecure behind the wheel and that is a danger to herself, but also to others. You know, so that's my bigger, my bigger concern. You know, my mom had a... Um, injury on her forehead my sister said that so i saw it actually i said mom where did you get this from oh i don't know i think when i slept i said when you slapped you know she she looked like somebody hit her with a baseball bat or she she fell on the tile floor yeah she had a bump on her head oh no she didn't remember how she got that oh that's not good no she yeah. didn't remember it at all it's like mom and the while you were sleeping really look there's nothing you could have injured yourself here I think you must have fallen. You know, see, and that's the thing is between telling the truth and also not knowing. Right. And that's a hard thing because mom doesn't always tell the truth about stuff. Mm-hmm. She's embarrassed, you know, doesn't want to talk about it. But she may not remember that she really fell. Mm-hmm. So how long do you think you're going to let her drive? And I don't mean to suggest that we should, you know, strong arm uh, our parents, but it's obviously a concern. We had to take the keys away from my mom. It was very subtle how it happened. but Yeah, I like the whole hiding thing. Yeah, you know, it's, I think, it's And that tough. might be the case even with mom to say, you know, uh, let's just come all to the conclusion we are hiding the keys. And that's just how it is. We had a chance with that driver's license, you know. The license is not there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we weren't ready to not let her drive. But I think that, for example, when I'm going now, I'm going to let her drive. And I'm going to see, and then I'm going to tape it, and I'm going to tell my sister and said, here's what I saw, and I think he is, you know, and I'm going to share my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always a fine line because, yes, it's good, I'm objective, but I can go again. I don't have to be the daily 
if there is an issue. That's really my my sister's two or one of them and my mom's boyfriend. So it's a fine line for me how much I tell them or how I tell them what I see and what I suggest because I'm not there and they have the authority really on paper to mm-hmm. step in because we came to a consensus what the goal is and they have the authority to make those decisions. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to be the one, oh yeah, I come you know, once or twice a year and you know, I decide what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Because I really, really value, especially what the one sister does. I really do. Well, it's really great that you recognize, too, that you have a place in this dynamic, but you're limited and you're sensitive. Right. You're sensitive to your sister's primary caregiving plight, as it were. So Johnny, the boyfriend, is going in the morning and at night. Is he sort of acting as a medication management type person, check-in? He checks in, you know, he takes the blood pressure with my mom because that's, you know, because she has high blood pressure. So, and he records it. So that's something he can do definitely. And he fills up the Monday through Friday pillbox. So he checks the pillbox. And so I think that still works fine with mom. See, I don't know everything. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if uh, he actually says, Ola, let's take this Mm -hmm. while he's there. I don't think so. Because I think my mom takes him when she wakes up and has coffee and a piece of bread, and he may come after breakfast. Well, that's but I o- think right now it works. It works. Well, the other thing I was thinking about is that as you get older, you become less, you don't eat as much, you're not as aware of the need for nutrition. Is your, are you concerned about that with your mom? <laughs> you know, that's funny because my sister and I just talked about it, and it's nice because my sister talks to uh, Johnny about it, think my mom doesn't want to be old and she wants to look young. That means she really paid attention to her figure. So she was on this trip, actually, that she only eats maybe chicken, but she reduces her food. And, you know, my sisters were complaining, yeah, mom doesn't eat, you know. So when I came always, I'm like, oh, mom eats fine. Because I just serve mom and say, oh, mom, it's so yummy. Let's finish it up. So she was eating okay. And so now my sister says she has switched. See, and that's another behavioral change in my mom. Mm-hmm. She is totally gung-ho on pork. Hmm. And I think she must have gained weight. I don't know. I will see, I guess, in a few days. <laughs> you know, so, um, and they decided we are not concerned about it yet because she's not losing weight, you know, uh-huh. so uh-huh. It's, uh, it's okay. Uh-huh. But, you know, I'm, I will see for myself and maybe introduce, you know, some Ensure or something similar that my mom can drink. She wasn't a healthy eater. I mean, she always uh, eats a lot of fruit and vegetables, always. Mm-hmm. I mean, always apples, oranges, mm-hmm. you know, when she sits down for TV. And mm-hmm. I don't know if she still does it. I mean, they're still in the house, the apples, so that's a good sign. <laughs> well, I mean, she still buys them, you know what I mean? So uh-huh. that's good. And so I think she's doing okay. I'm not concerned about that yet, really. Right. How does this affect your attitude about moving back to Germany, if it does at all? Uh-huh. Truth be told, I thought about actually and verbalized it amongst my friends the other day. Maybe I need to take off, you know, July, August and just be there two months, you know, do it. Or I really need to do my dual citizenship and see if I can do it for six months. Mm -hmm. You know, it kind of wants me to kind of be in it. I'm lucky. I would say I never had the issues that some of my other sisters have with my mom feel like, you know, if I can't help her, I wanted to. Mm-hmm. It might be also a social worker in me, I don't know. So I'm kind of, you know, thinking it's not far off my table to see, you know, if I have to go back, I will go back. 
So it's in my head. If it happens or not, it's a different story, but it is in my head. It sounds like your you sister Giza is doing a really great job, and she, you've got kind of different tentacles of support there. Will Johnny be involved when you go back in the sort of family conversation about what mom's next step should be? You know, I think I have to ask my sister what the conversations were around that. Because、mm-hmm. I feel like now I'm coming into a situation and I'm not the one who's facilitating it.、Mm-hmm. So I think I have to come and observe and learn where they are because I see, you know, my sister's plowing ahead.、Mm-hmm. And it could be a good thing or it could be a thing like, hey, let's、uh, talk a little more. Mm-hmm. But she's, she's a doer as well. So and I, I kind of need to get a sense where are you? Have the other two sisters been involved? What do they know? And, you know, I need to learn more.、Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like I have enough information to just make the call. And, you know, then I would feel really, oh, here, now she comes, has set up this meeting. That's overstepping. Well, that's really great that you're sensitive to that. I mean, not all siblings are. Who come in and parachute、yes. in and say they know how to fix something、right. when they don't really know anything about the situation or they know very little. So, do you、right. think that, you think that in, in Germany the healthcare system is set up better to maybe help your mom in certain ways? Can you talk a little <laughs> bit about that? <laughs> well, I have to say, you know, being here for 19 years, so I don't know exactly what all has changed. All what I know is in here in America, you pay copay, you know, every time you visit. Every、so、time. In Germany, You, you pay $40 a year maximum if you go to a doctor、oh. every quarter,、mm-hmm. right?、Mm-hmm. So that's like nothing.、Mm-hmm. So, but for Germans, we are not used to, to pay anything.、Mm-hmm. Everybody has health insurance. So, my sister already knows I can get a nurse in there to get mom the pill in the evening and the morning, and、mm. it's paid for. That's so,、nice. and it's not paid for by us, it's paid by her insurance. So, All of the equipment, like she already has a senior toilet, she already has a, a seat for the shower,、mm-hmm. she already has a walker, things like that you can actually pick up at a really low cost or for free, you know, and get it installed as well. So I think the insurance covers a lot. Uh-huh. When she came out of the hospital after her knee surgery, you go into rehab for six weeks right away.、Mm-hmm. They do not send a person home right away that had knee surgery. We're pretty well covered still. Yeah, we do that here too. We have Medicare for that. If you go into rehab,、yeah. you can be there for 100 days, but you have to have been in the hospital for 72 hours. So, oh, there, see, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, there's a qualification for it. So, how do you think this has affected you? Um, it really made me sad in July, August. You know, when I went to the doctor with my mom and sat there, you know, it's different if you and your sisters talk about, oh, yeah, my mom forgets everything. I'm sure she has dementia.、Mm-hmm. <clears throat> But if somebody qualified actually tells you、mm-hmm. and puts the stamp, the label on it, then it's like, oh, no. Then it becomes real, it becomes reality. It becomes this whole thing like, We have to take this seriously now, and we have, to do, we have to be prepared. We have to be prepared so we can help mom. So I think I was really sad dealing with the reality of it, and I'm still sad and seeing what can I do. I mean, I do believe I have a fear of I'm just getting the call, your mom passed. I do not want to get that call. And I always tell my sisters, I have the right to know. If anybody is in the hospital, because so I can make my own decision to fly or not fly. And yeah, so it's not, it's not nice not to be there. My sisters, I'm sure they say, you're lucky you're here. <laughs> 
and I can see why, you know, but they don't know the other side either. So, mm-hmm. Well, what are your hopes for your mom going forward? My hopes are that, that she can live in her house as long as she can and that she can, that she can get kindness from people around her, you know, understanding, kindness, and she still can live fully as much as possible. When my sister told me today, oh, mom is with the swim group out that we know for 15, 20, whatever years, and they're having coffee and dinner together. And, you know, that made me so happy knowing she's still out there and she's amongst her friends Mm -hmm. and loved ones. And Mm -hmm. I think that's really my hope that that continues. I think we are so happy that she has a boyfriend who cares. And who doesn't run away like my, you know, my dad did in old days, you know what I mean? That he says, no, I'm going to go with your mom. Yeah, I'm here. That's great. You know, and that's, that's really nice. And that's what I wish for my mom. Mm-hmm. That's great. Do you have any other anecdotes you'd like to share? Yeah, you know, it's, um, my mom is funny. I mean, she's just, she's just funny. For some reason, she bought this whole <laughs> bedroom set for a couple Uh but it's clear that that is nothing that she wants but I actually still sleep next to her and then we chat a little bit and you know she giggles and you know we make fun and and laugh a lot that's kind of nice actually yeah Yeah, that's really sweet yeah it's nice yeah yeah it's a nice thing for both of us I took pictures several years ago from uh, of my mom in the yard and we took shots. They were so natural. You know, mm-hmm. she has this enamel bowl outside where she washes her feet. And it's so cute. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And she giggles about it. And mm-hmm. I actually always go home and tape her. And she mm-hmm. makes faces. And it's just nice. So we have a lot of fun. My yeah. mom is funny. And she's a good sport, actually. She's a good sport. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sounds like you're, you're going to find your way through this. It's not I a, hope so. I hope so. It's not an easy journey. But you're strong. And Giza's there in the scene, and is she getting help from the other siblings, one more than the other? Yes, more or less, but more or less. So I think that's something that I can help with the second sister to say, listen, you need to step up as well and, you know, and help Mm -hmm. as much as you can. We all have jobs. We all have responsibilities. We all have 24 hours a day. Mm -hmm. And your work is not less important than mine or more important than mine. But certain things, you just have to step in and step up, and we have to put our egos aside, you know. And that's the thing with my sisters. It's like, hey, let's not make it about you. Let's just make it about mom. Now mom has an illness, and we need to deal with it, and put your ego aside. And, you know, some people are better than than others doing that. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to let you go. Is there anything else that you would like to add or leave our listeners with? You know, don't give up, and... I think while people are strong, I think find also an outlet where you can let go and get support for yourself. You're a caregiver because you're strong, but often we forget about ourselves, and I think that's important. It's important to say, you know what, I need help, and today I can't do it, somebody else needs to do it. Mm -hmm. Because I think it's better for everyone, Mm -hmm. for the patient, for yourself, and for the surroundings. You know, it's, it's a good thing to ask for help. So I think it's um, it's important. So Okay. Well, great. Marian Brunken, thank you so much for being on the show. I've really enjoyed chatting with you, and keep up the good work. Well, thank you, Jenna, for the opportunity, and thanks for doing what you do. Got to keep going on. That's right, girl. <laughs> thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.
That's our show for today. Thanks for listening. I'd love to know what you thought about today's show. You can email me at Jana at AgeWise.com. That's J-A-N-A at A-G-E-W-Y-Z or Z, as my Canadian mother says. You can also find me online at AgeWise.com, and you can subscribe to the podcast and download any episodes for free on iTunes. You can also listen to the podcast on Stitcher. I'm Jana Panaritis. See you next time. Until then, age well. Age wise. <laughs>